No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. We've learned that tomorrow, the FBI is expected to begin their investigation at Horizon. Workers have been briefed that agents will be recreating the scene there, trying to piece together what took place on the ground before Russell maneuvered the plane into the air. We've also learned Richard Russell began his shift around 1.30 on Friday, stationed as a load coordinator. That's when you're responsible for getting information to the pilots on luggage weight and balance on the plane. Sources tell us it was mid-shift on Friday when he left his post to head to the area known as Cargo 1, circled in red on the left side of your screen. That's where the Q400 plane was parked. We've learned he didn't walk to Cargo 1, but took a company-owned pushback tug like this one and drove it about a half mile to the plane. We understand that grief counselors have been at Horizon there at SeaTac since the incident. And we've learned that therapy dogs have been in their break room as well to help the employees cope. The current and former co-workers we talked to say that Russell seemed to like his job at Horizon. He didn't seem angry or disturbed. One person that worked with him two days last week, first on Monday, told me that, quote, I'm shocked. I uh, talked to him on Monday. He was having a good old time seemed to be. And then on Tuesday, he seemed normal. And then it was just three days later that all this happened. In the newsroom, I'm Susanna Frame. I got a lot of people that care about me. And uh, it's going to disappoint them to, to hear that I did this. Um, I would like to apologize to each and every one of them. Um, just a broken guy, got a few screws loose, I guess. Never really knew it until now. A little bit. 141. Man, have you been to the Olympics? These guys are gorgeous. Holy smokes. Yeah, I have been out there. It's it's, it's always a nice drive. On 119.2, if I take it. But, I think I might have a, a beaker. Yeah, yeah, I, I bet you do. I haven't done much hiking over there, and uh, but if you could, if you could start a left turn and uh, turn back towards the east, I know you're getting a good view there. But uh, if you go too much further in that direction, I won't be able to hear you anymore. All right. Um, hey, pilot guy, can this thing do a uh, a backflip? You think? Yeah. I'm gonna land it. Uh, like. Uh, in a safe, safe kind of manner. I think I'm, uh, I think I'm gonna try to do a barrel roll, and if that goes good, I'll just go nose down and call it a night. Well, Rich, before you do that, uh, let's think about this. I got another uh, pilot coming up, Pilot Joel, here in just a minute or two, I hope, and uh, we'll be able to give you some advice on what to do next. Just kind of lightheaded, dizzy. Uh, man, and you know, the sights went by so fast, too. I was thinking, like, I'm going to have this moment of serenity, you know, I'll be able to take off in all the sights. And, uh, there's a lot of pretty stuff, but uh, I think they're prettier in a different context. Okay, thank you. And do you have an idea of how much fuel you have left? Uh, man, not enough. Not enough to get by. Uh, like, 
and gentlemen i ask if you please grab a beverage grab a glass and join me as we pay tribute to the sky king i'm pouring some vodka into the glass shot glass that was made for me by evil ian On this day, in 2018, Richard Russell would forever become known as the Sky King. From all reports, a very well-liked man, an average man, a man who worked minimum wage at the local airport as ground control. He participated in church charities. He was a loving family man. He was a man who was well-travelled. People enjoyed his company. His co-workers would talk about how he would help cover their shifts when they needed a day off. But on this particular day, Richard Russell would get closer to God than almost any of us have. He jumped behind the controls of a plane. His aerial acrobatics were marvelled at by the boss of the company and he put it down safely without injuring anybody else except himself he crashed into the mountain and a legend was born perhaps a commentary on life in the modern age where an otherwise well-liked simple man just had enough so it is on this day that we pay tribute to Richard Russell, Captain Bebo. Kind sir, gentle sir, you are now doing barrel rolls in heaven. Join me, won't you? Salute.
Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are. It is Monday night here on the Daily Boogie podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you once again. As we join in the celebrations, the Festival of the Sky King, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed that, um, and I hope so many other people can also get involved in appropriately commiserating, celebrating this day in history. So thank you for joining us. So much to get through and so little time. Gypsy with a diamond. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamond from, Gypsy? Good evening to you too. So much to get through, so little time. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course... If you would like to pay tribute to the Sky King, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to leave a tip during tonight's proceedings, then the preferred method is, of course, dlive.tv slash Boogie Bumper. Or you can head to streamlabs.com slash Boogie Bumper. Yeah, that's right. Two years ago, time flies, doesn't it? Two years ago on this day, Richard Russell captured the world's imagination. <laughs> And I was just watching stuff before, um, you know, there's a couple of clips of like friends and family members who knew the guy and they were like, they're just like, this was just so out of character. He was love, like he was always smiling, always joking. But then you listen. So the way that they, they make out like it was some awful thing. And I guess it was kind of like the, the tragic, you know, it was the sad clown kind of problem. The tragic clown happy on the outside, you know, outgoing on the outside, but on the inside, obviously something was happening. And perhaps it's indicative of, you know, a greater problem in society. And, you know, I, I wonder, did he think that this was going to become a thing? He couldn't have possibly have known. He probably didn't even know that, um, you know, his recordings and stuff, his flight recordings would even get out to the to the wider public. He probably had no idea. So in that moment, he's just talking one-on-one with air traffic control and he's saying things like, oh, shit, man, I'm sorry. I hope I don't ruin your day. <laughs> I hope this doesn't ruin your whole day, man. And they're like, <laughs> we're just trying to help you land. And he's like, well, I'm not ready to wrap it up yet. But a great line in that, you know, in that little piece I think I'm just going to do a barrel roll and then call it a night. Nose down and call it a night. <laughs> no great message. No great war. No reason to cause pain and suffering on anybody else. And now he's become part of folklore. Now he's, now he's part of history. So there you have it. Festival of the Sky King, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we've got so much more to get through tonight. And, but unfortunately, right now, and we we have started off the show on a little bit of a different different note, so a <laughs> little bit off kilter. But unfortunately, it's really only racism and COVID that anybody wants to talk about right now. So I, at least we've found some fun things in that regard. So won't you join me on this edition of the Daily Boogie, ladies and gentlemen? But before we do, how about the opposite way that some people deal with pain that they feel on an aircraft? This is a story from a couple of weeks ago. 
Alaska flight forced to return to SeaTac Airport after man threatens passengers on Saturday night. This is definitely not Sky King material, this, this chap here. This is not how you go about it. This is how you don't go down in history. This is how you ensure that nobody will either remember your message or care who you are. Have a listen to this. Look at this piece of shit. He said, he said, I will kill everybody on this plane. Definitely not Sky King material, ladies and gentlemen. See, that's the great part about the Sky King. It was an empty plane. He was the only guy on it. He didn't threaten to kill anybody. In fact, he said the exact opposite. Man, I don't want to hurt anybody. I sure hope I'm not ruining your day. <laughs> and that's why he's loved. Alaska flight forced to return to CPAC airport after man threatens passengers on Saturday night. The, yeah, exactly. JPCRTC. That is the sky bitch. This guy here. <laughs> you have the king and you have the bitch. But unfortunately, the sky bitch will live another day. And unfortunately, we will never get to sit down and share a drink with the Sky King. Only in memory. Only in memory. Winning TV with a diamond. He should be wanting to do a barrel roll instead. Don't you want to do a barrel roll? Ladies and gentlemen, if you can, everybody, please, out there today, do a barrel roll. <laughs> At least in spirit. Sky King will never be forgotten. Jesse Teller in the chat. <laughs> All right. Let's get into some fun stuff. Thank you for joining us on this Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie, ladies and gentlemen. BBC. Are you, do you know what the BBC is? It's the British Broadcasting Corporation. Keep your mind out of the gutter, please, children. The British Board Broadcasting Corporation is the taxpayer-funded media outlet in the United Kingdom. The BBC Director General issues an apology for use of the N-word during a news broadcast-based BBC. The BBC. The reporter's uncensored use of a racial slur during a regional news broadcast in July sparked outrage. I love outrage so much. We are big fans of outrage here on this show. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so looking forward to seeing the thing that sparked outrage. I can't wait. The BBC had previously said that the word was, quote, editorially justified given the context. There's never a context to use the N-word, sir. Unless, of course, you're making top 10 music clips. That's the only time you're allowed. Or successful weekly television programs. Or Hollywood blockbuster movies. Or live streams from the streets in New York. Those are the only times when it's appropriate. Or talking with your friends in a context, you know, out on the street and whatnot. Or around a basketball game. That's the only time you're allowed to use the word. And as long as you're not white, that's the other time. But other than that, completely banned, completely off limits. It was quoted at, in full at the request of the family of a victim of a racist attack, ladies and gentlemen. Ben K. Veritas with a diamond. What's up, my NFAC booger bros and hoes? Not, 
No fucks. What is it again? Not fucking around coalition, of course. How could I forget? It lasted a whole 24 hours, that movement. How can I forget it so soon? <laughs> so this is the thing you have to remember here. Before we get to the outrage, the use of the word was actually requested by the family of the victim of the attack. They wanted them to use the actual word in the news report. Okay, so remember that before we get to the outrage. BBC boss Tony Hall apologises over racial slur in news report. New on the use of the N-word in a, news, in a recent news report about an alleged racially motivated assault in Bristol, the BBC now accepts that we should have taken a different approach at the time of broadcast, and we are very sorry for that. Everyone's very sorry for using the N-word, ladies and gentlemen. The BBC, again, after being asked by the family of the victim to include the word in their reporting, because it is factual, it, it, it was factually said, apparently, it did happen, they have now been forced to apologise after a raft of outrage. Would you like to see the news report? <laughs> Press one in the chat if you would like to see the news report that's causing so much outrage. Press two in the chat if you don't want to offend anybody. I'll let you decide. I'm sure it's going to be very offensive. Okay, one, 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 one. I see a lot of ones. I see a lot of ones in the chat. It's all ones. Everybody wants to see it. Okay, but you have been warned, though. You have been warned. This is a very, very, very offensive news item here. So let's have a look at what is causing, what has caused outrage and anxiety and rage and has caused the BBC to apologise for using the word in the context that they used it. Let's have a look. I heard a, a very loud bang and I, I ran to the window. This woman was one of the first on the scene. She's so scared of any repercussions, she wants to remain anonymous. Her words are spoken by an actor. Well, I saw a young black man sitting up on the wall and I saw two white men running away. Then I noticed... <laughs> Joanne G with the diamond. I'm here to be offended. Well, you're in the right place, Joanne, you cunt. I mean... <laughs> oh, of course not. Thank you for the diamond. Thank you for contributing. Black man was covered in blood, and I guess from the angle of the car that had been driven deliberately at him. Uh-huh. Just to warn you, you're about to hear highly offensive language. Okay, so we even get the warning from the presenter on the BBC before they drop the N-bomb, ladies and gentlemen. Just to warn you, you're about to hear highly offensive language. Highly offensive. You're about to hear highly offensive language because as the men ran away, they hurled racial abuse, calling him a That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's the cause of the outrage. That's it. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the highly offensive broadcast that the BBC has now removed from television and has done their best to scrub uh, from the internet. That. That report right there. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Kitty B, I'm offended that I didn't hear it. <laughs> so, as you can imagine, 
whenever we come... Oh, thank you for joining us, Jacob. Whenever we come across these instances of outrage, it's not enough for the outrage to stop there, is it? See, an apology often isn't enough. We've theorised on this show many times that the demanding of apologies in these uh, circumstances has nothing to do with making somebody feel better. It's all about power. It's all about saying, I have the power to make you denounce your own work. I have the power to make you denounce your own speak. Your words belong to me, bitch. And I will decide what you can and can't say. I will dictate what you are allowed to say. So... Of course, after an outrage campaign, there's going to be people who, you can look at this one of two ways, are either trying to take a stand on something very important or are trying to make some kind of publicity mileage. I'll let you decide which one this falls into. This is... (laughs) Winning TV with a diamond. Winning TV. Hey, the sheriff is an N bleep blazing saddles. That's banned now. We've got, to, we've got to cancel that. So I'll let you decide which category this falls into. This is apparently DJ Sideman. I've never heard of him. <laughs> He's a radio DJ on One Extra, which is one of the radio stations that the BBC controls. They controlled a multitude of television networks and radio stations. They are fucking huge, the BBC. Easily the biggest media company in the United Kingdom run by taxpayer money, owned in theory by the government. So DJ Sideman decided to, in the, in, the out, in, the, uh, in the wake of this incident, which had literally nothing to do with him, he wasn't involved in the attack, he wasn't involved in the news report, he wasn't a producer on the show, he didn't have anything to say about the show or the attack, it literally had nothing to do with him at all. <laughs> He has decided to quit his job from a radio station which itself is not even part of the television news company that ran the story in the first place, other than the fact that they're all owned by the BBC. He doesn't even work in the same office. (laughs) So I'm going to let you decide if this is a principled stance or a PR stunt. You tell me. I've thought long and hard about what I'm about to say and what it means. And on this occasion, I just this don't occasion. think that I can look the other way. On this occasion, I cannot look the other way. We live in a world that needs to change, systems that need to change, organisations that need to change. And as a person that believes that change can happen and wanting change to happen, wanting. I understand transition. I understand it's not something that's going to happen overnight, that there will need to be a lot of learning and unlearning and tearing down of certain building blocks of our society. Lots of unlearning that needs to take place. I imagine then that part of the unlearning and part of the change that needs to happen is based on a very, 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 very loose set of requirements that a word that is yelled during a racist attack cannot be repeated on television depending during a news report but the same word can be repeated 50 times in a top 40 list or in a hollywood movie for example like i'm i'm trying i'm trying my best to get around this problem because it's not the word itself that's a problem it's usually who's saying it right 
And even in a news report where they say this word beep was said by somebody on the street, that cannot be allowed. That needs to change. We need to tear down the building blocks of society for this. But the very same word can be heard 50 times during a movie or during a rap song or whatever. It's very complicated stuff. Let's carry Look at the power that this word has now been given, by the way. Right? I mean, if the BBC had have come out and said they called him a cunt, they wouldn't, they, nobody would have cared. But this word, different set of rules apply. That took a long time to build up. So I'm okay with process. I'm okay with waiting within reason for certain things to change. Oh, good. But the BBC sanctioning the N-word being said on national television by a <laughs> white person is something that I can't wrap There with. it is. <laughs> the N-word was said by a white person. <laughs> ben Gay Veritas with the diamond. Why the black shirt? Is he even a libertarian? I suspect not. Not with this attitude. But you see, right there. <laughs> the BBC sanctioned that this the this word be said by a white person. That's the problem. It's not the word. In blocks of our society that took a long time to build up. So I'm okay with process. I'm okay with waiting within reason yeah. for certain things to change. But the BBC sanctioning the N-word being said on national television by a white person is something that I can't rock with. You can't rock with it. You see, some words can only be said by people based on skin colour. That's the only ones, the only people who are allowed to say certain things. Fuck context. Forget about context. But, sir, it was about a new, it was a news report about what was yelled on a street during a racist attack. I don't even give a fuck. The person saying it was white. You should have had a black reporter saying it. Excuse me, Lakeisha, are you busy on Saturday? No, why? We need you to say nigger for us on television. Can you do that, please? Why should I say it? Because you're the right colour. I'm not allowed to say it. <laughs> We need someone in here to say, nigga. It's going to have to be you, darling. <laughs> I wish I could say it. I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed. The outrage mob will come down very hard on me. We're going to lose all of our DJs and whatnot. They're all going to quit on us. We can't have it. <laughs> Are you forgotten beat, Boogie? I wish I could say it. I'm not allowed. So I'm sorry, you're gonna to have to come in and just say the word and then leave again. We'll pay you over we'll pay you double time. We'll pay you overtime. You know what I mean? This is an error in judgment where I can't just smile with you through the process and act like everything is okay. You don't have to act like everything is okay, brother. Everything is okay. Uh, again, it was the family of the victim who said that it should be included. Now look at look at this. We have pictures of this poor guy who was attacked. Look at him. <laughs> People are outraged over the BBC report saying the N-word. <laughs> Look what they did to this fella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's bad and in everything. Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. They even gifted sub TV. Yeah, yeah, it's really bad. It's really awful what happened to that kid. But did you hear him use the N-word during the report? No, I didn't. The BBC has apologised for using the N-word in a report on a racist attack after it led to more than 18,000 complaints. 
Director General Tony Hall said a mistake had been made when reporting on the attack on musician K-Dog. That's K-Dog there. The row erupted after BBC social affairs correspondent Fiona Lambden used the N-word when reporting on an attack on musician. See, they're not going after Fiona, though, because that would be sexist. (laughs) I can't keep up with this shit anymore. I can't. You really do have to twist your brain into a pretzel to keep up with these people. So the issue was a white person said it. That white person happened to be a woman, but they're not going after the woman who said it. They're going after the guy who runs the company, who runs the BBC, like the editor, because he said, well, in context, and the family asked for us to use the word, we feel that it was okay, but I'm sorry. In hindsight, I'm sorry. So they're attacking him. Can't go after the woman. That would be sexist. (laughs) I'm sorry. We are screwed. We are so fucked (laughs) as a society, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Before you do that, uh, let's think about this. I got another uh, pilot coming up, pilot Joel here in just a minute or two, I hope. And, uh, We'll be able to give you some advice on what to do next. Just kind of lightheaded, dizzy, uh, man, and you know the sights went by so fast. Too, I was thinking like I'm gonna have this moment of serenity, you know, I'll be able to take all in all the sights. And, uh, there's a lot of pretty stuff, but uh, I think they're prettier in a different context. Okay, thank you. And do you have an idea of how much fuel you have left? Oh, man, not enough. Not enough to get by. Not enough. Uh, Not enough, uh, Richard. We don't have enough fuel for this. Top bar contact ground, Sky West 4581. I wouldn't mind just shooting the shit with Well, Rich, before you do that, good. Now just go nose down and call it a night. I'm going to do a barrel roll, nose down, and call it a night. Well, it's at this time, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to remind you all, about white privilege from your good friends at the BBC, the very same company that said the N-word in context during a news report, which has now caused uh, at least one DJ to quit because a white person said it. Thankfully, this is not a white person. Coffee talk with Sandra with the diamond. Not enough fuel. Oh, shit. That's okay. I think I'm going to do a barrel roll nose down, and then call it a night. So lucky for us, this is not a white person. This is a black man. And he's going to tell you, the white people, the disgusting, awful, stinking, rotten white people about your white privilege. Thank you, BBC. Let's have a look. We've been engaged in a global conversation about race and racism. Yep. You've probably had discussions at home, at school, or at work. And in those conversations, you've probably heard the term white privilege. You may have even had this term used in a way that felt like an insult or an accusation. It's not an insult, guys. <laughs> you know, if you get uncomfortable when somebody says to you that you have privilege based on your skin colour, if that makes you feel uncomfortable or awkward in any way, it's because you're white. <laughs> You might have had it said to you in a way that makes you feel like uncomfortable, but you only feel uncomfortable because that's you're dealing with your guilt of racism 
you know, the racism that's brewing around inside of you. See, if you didn't have, if you didn't feel guilty about it, then you wouldn't be a racist. And the best way to address the guilt that comes when you get accused of having white privilege is to start accusing other white people of their white privilege too. That's how we deal with it. I think we're onto something here. The best way to deal with white privilege is to just accuse other people of having it. As long as you're constantly outwardly accusing other people, then your relative uh, historical racist sins can be absolved. Because you're now an ally. You're part of the fight. You're making you're making the world a better place by making other people feel terrible. <laughs> That's the point here. And as when we get to the day when everybody is constantly accusing, well, when all the white people are constantly accusing each other, of being awful racist, then finally society will be able to progress. Others will have told you that it's all just made up it's to just make white up. people feel bad, and none of this is none right. None of this is right. There's a cat with a diamond. It's so natural, we have to define it for you. <laughs> I do love, you know, part of because you know I don't I don't really get offended by this stuff. I don't get angered by it. It makes me laugh now. I used to care about this shit, but caring doesn't make it make it any, you know, make it any easier. So you may as well just let these people go and just whistle past the graveyard. But I do love the fact that if, you know, you're not allowed to speak, you know, you're not allowed to write a character, say, in a book from a black man's perspective if you're not black. But a whole bunch of people are allowed to talk about what it's like to live as a white person, even though they're not white. See that that's another rule that only goes one way. But I want I want to talk about I want to write a book about uh you know the hurricane or Martin Luther King or LeBron James. <laughs> I'm you can't do that. You don't have that lived experience. You've got no idea what you're talking about. I know this because I'm not white. <laughs> okay. It's difficult to keep up. Again, you have to twist your brain into a pretzel in order to follow it. Privilege is a hard concept yeah. for people to understand because normally when we talk of privilege, we imagine immediate unearned riches and tangible benefits for anyone who has it. Yeah. But white privilege, and indeed all privilege, is actually more about the absence of inconvenience, mm. the absence of an impediment or challenge. And as such, when you have it, you really don't notice it. But when it's absent... It affects everything you do. Says the very rich black celebrity on the BBC. <laughs> with Who gets two and a half million views for this Twitter video. Based on the fact that he's talking about white privilege. I mean, talk about an impediment. <laughs> you know, some people were trying to post a BitChute link to their show with 50 listeners over the weekend and couldn't do it. <laughs> talk about an impediment. <laughs> ah, that doesn't count though, you see. You have no impediments. <laughs> there is a whole division at YouTube which is designed, like the whole division at YouTube is designed on identifying non-white content creators and putting them higher up in the algorithm so they get more views and more subscribers than they would otherwise normally get. True story. They openly admit it. Coffee Talk with Sandra with a diamond. I need reparations for not getting my privilege. Well, no, I'm sure you have your privilege, but you just don't notice it. You see, that's the that's the thing. If you don't notice your privilege, it's because... If you say you don't have privilege, it's because you've never noticed how good you've got it. 
he knows this because he's a black celebrity. <laughs> there are lots of types of privilege out there. Good. The privilege of being born into a wealthy family versus ah, a poor family is okay. kind of obvious. But okay, then I got poor there's family. the privilege of being able-bodied versus having or acquiring a disability. Ah, able-bodied privilege. That most of us take for granted. Right. I have two very close friends who are wheelchair users, and right. I'll be honest. When yeah, but so, I'm sorry, sir. The I have a black friend line doesn't work for us. The I have a disabled friend isn't going to line for uh, work for you, you disgusting ableist piece of shit. You bigot. Look, look at this fucking guy. He thinks just because he's got two friends in wheelchairs that he can talk about disabled privilege. <laughs> Fuck him. Fuck him. Just because you've got a disabled friend doesn't mean you're um, not anti-disabled people. Just like when you say, I have a black friend, doesn't mean that you're not racist. You can be racist and have a black friend. In fact, citing a black friend is exactly what racists do. That's white privilege. White privilege is thinking because you have a black friend, it makes you not racist. Well, I'm here to tell you, just because you're able-bodied and you have a friend in a wheelchair doesn't mean that you're not anti-disabled. You disgusting bigot. Only someone who's phobic, who's got a phobia of disabled people would even mention the fact that they have a friend in a wheelchair. Because you're guilty. You've got a guilty conscience, don't you, sir? You've got a disgusting, guilty conscience. And I'm deeply offended, deeply offended by this. When I first met them, I was completely ignorant yeah. about the everyday ways their lives are made harder mm -hmm. through no fault of their own. Well, were they drink driving? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, look at me. Hello. I'm rambling again. Here's a workaround. White people outsourcing than word. Lol. Okay. Yo, what's up, Ken? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, dude. I'm good. Yo, you got my money? Oh, sorry, bro. I had to buy a new pair of rock and bottom shoes. I'll get your money to you next week. Is that cool, dude? Hell no, that ain't cool, dude. Where my money? I need my money right now. You don't have to be talking to me like that, nigga. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Thank you for the donation, Kimmy. <laughs> so is that what we need to do? Do we have to have a black guy in our pocket to say that word for us in context? And then we can get away with it. I hope so. Because I have a black friend. Ah, oh, damn it. I've just done it, haven't I? I've just done the thing. Shit. Some of these ways are simply thoughtless, but some thoughtless. of them are just the way we live, just the way we build infrastructure, just the way everything works. Ah. That just makes their life... Well, everything's working really well now, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's built, it's built into the infrastructure, really. It's just the way everything works that's white. It's what white people do. So, you know, to be fair to him, white people have in, engaged in, you know, programs of mass migration from the third world. They're currently locking people in their own homes. In some city, they have the fucking military parole, patrolling around outside, making people don't break lockdown curfews. The economies are tanking. People are losing their homes and their jobs. The West is going broke. Cities are burning around the United States on a daily basis. It seems everything is working just the way the white people want it to. Everything's going according to plan. 
think of all the privileges going on there. I better get myself a flat screen TV. Life harder than mine. That's just one of the ways that I'm privileged. Mm. And understanding that, embracing that, embracing doesn't make it. me a bad person. No. But ignoring it raises the chance that my friends will be excluded in ways that are not obvious to me. <laughs> you know, I'm a nice guy. I, I try to include my friends. You know, if I'm like cooking a meal for my friends, for example, like this happened like a while ago. I cook like a fucking mean chili. And I'm like, I want to cook my friends a bowl of chili. But one person in that family doesn't like spicy food. You know what I did? I made two separate pots. One of spicy chili and one with the chili without the spice. Just a mild chili. One big pot and one little pot just for the people who don't want the spicy chili. I was understanding of their needs and concerns and I accommodated them accordingly. By the same token though, if I want to go to a barbecue and one of my vegan friends wants to come along, I'm going to say, hey man, guess what? We're going to be eating like a whole bunch of fucking cows there, just so you know. We're going to be eating cows and pigs and little cute little baby sheep that probably had names. I'm going to be snapping their rib bones and sucking the marrow out of it. Now, at that point, as far as I'm concerned, if you're the one with that special kind of condition, it's up to you to decide whether or not you want to partake in this activity. And if you don't want to show up, fine, no problem. I'll see you tomorrow. Constantly bending and changing who you are to accommodate everybody around you. There's an old saying, if you try to please everybody, you'll end up pleasing nobody. It reminds me of that scene from Coming to America where Eddie Murphy meets his, you know, arranged wife. Like this whole this whole culture of we need to change, we need to understand everybody else's life is more important than mine. I give, I give, I give. I'm so empathetic. It reminds me of when Eddie Murphy met his arranged wife and he's like, what kind of food do you like? Whatever food you like. No, no, no. I know what I like. I want to know what you like. I like whatever food you like. <laughs> do you have a favorite song? Yes. What is it? Whatever song you like. Do you have a favorite color? Yes. What's your favorite color? Whatever color you like. And then culturally, all that happens is, just like in that scene, in the end, you, st you end up standing on one leg, hopping up and down, barking like a dog. A big dog. Woof, woof, woof. Right now, you are being asked to stand on one leg, jump up and down and bark like a dog, and you're doing it. You have no thoughts of your own, no dreams of your own, no opinions of your own. I've tried to ask people who are like, who they, they call themselves multiculturalists. And I'll ask them, what culture is our country? And this works in Australia. Try this next time you meet, you know, or one of your friends who has these kinds of ideas. Ask them what the culture in their country is. What is their culture? It works in, you know, Australia, New Zealand, the United Kingdom, the United States, Canada. It works in all these places. Ask them, what is our culture? And they'll say, oh, we're multicultural. And I'll be like, so you don't, we don't have a culture then. And they're like, no, 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 our culture is multicultural. 
I'm like, yes, but don't you understand? Defining your culture as everybody else's means you don't have one. If you say our country is a multicultural country, i.e. it's defined by everybody else's culture, that means we don't have one. Our culture cannot be what everybody else has. Otherwise, it's not a culture. Woodchip TV with a diamond. I'm here. Now, lemon up, please. Rough, rough. Thanks. Thank you for joining us. A big dog. I said a big dog. Woof, woof. And as their friend, I can't allow that. I can't There's allow that. There's a good that. chance as a... Thank you for the diamond winning TV. There's a good chance as a white person watching this. Now, this is the part where you get advice. I'm looking forward to it. I need to know how to make myself a better person. Yes, to me. And as their friend, I can't allow that. Okay. There's a good chance as a white person watching this, yep. your life is already hard. Uh, Every day you have to overcome some difficulty or yes. challenge just to get by. Yes. But you can still have white privilege. Yay! <laughs> Excellent. You mean I can still become a rich, you know, owner of a private jet craft? Yes, you can. Woo! Woo! <laughs> God bless white privilege. <laughs> you mean I can still have a yacht and sail around the world? While, you know, some, you know, swimsuit model brings me caviar and champagne. Can I still do that? Yes, you can. You have white privilege. Thank God. I put this thought out on Twitter not that long ago. Isn't it wrong to not use the gifts that God gave you? <laughs> so, you know, if I was born with like a super high intelligence, is it correct to get a lobotomy in order to make the world more equal with the dumb people? Like, shouldn't I be using the gifts that God gave me? You know, I heard plenty of times growing up, you're wasting your brain. I heard it from teachers, from parents. You're wasting away the gifts God gave you. Blowing it out with all of that drink and alcohol, with all that alcohol and drugs. What the hell are you doing to your brain? Sorry, I like to get high. <laughs> if I was born with like an ability to run really, really fast, would would is it is it culturally correct to cut my legs off? Or just walk really slowly everywhere? like why don't you run because it would be unfair to the slow people i have fast running privilege i need to think about that you know i would never invite my friends who aren't fast runners to a marathon that wouldn't be fair i need to be conscious conscious of how they're being affected by this world which puts so much value on people who can run fast people like usain bolt for example another white guy Or Michael Johnson, for the older people. Another white guy. <clears throat> Another white supremacist. So we need to think about these things. So in the end, I'm not particularly smart and I'm not particularly fast. All I have is being white. <laughs> Shouldn't I use it? <laughs> I mean, if this gets me some kind, of, some kind of advantage in life, isn't that my birthright? Isn't that what God wanted? Isn't that why he made me a white guy? So I can get some kind of some kind of leg up on the rest of the world who are smarter and faster than me. I mean, if you can't run and you can't think, 
you better be lucky enough to be white. At least then you might fall ass backwards into owning a yacht or something. One day, I will own a yacht. White privilege doesn't mean you have- I will own a yacht one day and I will employ only uh, underprivileged black people to help try and balance the ledger. You know what I mean? To try and make the world a better place. I think that's how it works, right? If, you're, if you have white privilege and you get rich off your white privilege, the way to make the world a better place is to just bring in people, like have them live with you and work at your estate, bringing you food and stuff because you're improving their life. Is that how it works? Is that how you use your privilege to make the world a better place? I think that's how it works, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. I wouldn't want to be wrong. Doing my best to keep up here. Coffee Talk with Sandra, lost my beverage, laughing my fucking... Well, don't... You see, Coffee Talk with Sandra, she's a white woman, so she can lose her beverage. She's got the privilege. She can just she can just pour another one. She's not going to have to loot a liquor store. That's her privilege showing there. ...worked hard or you don't deserve the success you've had. It doesn't mean that your life isn't hard or that mm. you've never suffered. Yep. It simply means that your skin colour yep. has not been the cause of your hardship or suffering. Right. There is nothing but a benefit to understanding our own privileges, white and otherwise. Good. It brings us closer to those who are different. It helps us be vigilant about the ways we treat others different than us. It helps us make a society that is fairer and more equal. Mm -hmm. Having white privilege doesn't make your life... <laughs> understanding your white privilege helps society become more equal I have a friend in a wheelchair trust me I know <laughs> there you have it ladies and gentlemen as always everything we refer to tonight will be in the show notes on that uh, it's time to check in with one of our personal favourites Cardi B Cardi was on some kind of Zoom podcast show the other day and in an effort to understand my white privilege um, I wanted to play a little bit of this and see what you think. Maybe we can learn from this. Let's have a look. Sucking and fucking. At the end of the day, me being a hoe like okay. sucking and fucking. At the end of the day, me being a hoe like these people say. Like honestly, I liberate a lot of a lot of hoes. You feel me? When gotta I hear Cardi talk about, gotta liberate the hoes. I liberate a lot of hoes. This is not privilege. Liberating the hoes. Da hoes. That's one word. Da ho. Sucking and fucking. Lake da ho. <laughs> At the end of the day, me being a hoe, like these people say, like, honestly, I liberate a lot of, a lot of hoes. Mm -hmm. You feel me? When yeah. I hear Cardi... Doing, doing God's work, my dear. Cardi talk about popping some pussy. Me and my bitches is witty. Like, we, that liberate us because it's like, fucking self-respect is hoes. Cause how y'all got self-respect? <laughs> like, I don't think y'all got self-respect like that. Because, first of all, like you supposed to... <laughs> Dead Jedi with the diamond. Hoes be need needing liberations, yo. How you going to be one of them self-respecting hoes out there? You know, you ain't got no self-respect. What you going to be a self-respecting hoe for? You ain't be popping that pussy. Stuck in fucking. <laughs> popping that pussy. <laughs> diamond. It's a diamond threesome here on the boogie. 
Lady of Gypsy with a diamond, pretty sure the hoes are already liberated. Woodchip TV with a diamond, fuck I fuck lots fuck hoes, what fuck point you got ho bitch. <laughs> Coffee talk with Sandra with a diamond, popping that pussy. She liberating a lot of hoes, doing God's work. Me and my bitches is witty, like we, that liberate us because it's like fuck you self-respect ass hoes. Yeah, yeah. How y'all got self-respect? <laughs> like... Yeah, I, I understand completely that she's against self-respecting hoes. I mean, look at those earrings. God. They look like they belong around her neck. Not from hanging from her earlobes. <laughs> Sensational. I don't think y'all got self-respect like that. Because, first of all, you supposed to tax these niggas. That's self-respect. Yeah. You feel me? Like... Mm. I just, it make me feel liberated. Like, I love crossing boundaries. Because guess what? Scared money don't make no money. If you're going to be scared to get that money, you're going to be scared to be yourself and say, this who I am, then you ain't going to get that coin like that. Thanks. There you have it. A lesson on liberating the hoes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Winning TV with a diamond. Damn, diamond trained that hoe boogie with Bukake. <laughs> Wood chip TV with a diamond. Damn nails, scammy shirtless, damn hoe bitch. <laughs> Did she knit those earrings? So, sucking, fucking, liberating the hoes to get that money. That's how you're going to get that money, bitch. All right. <laughs> with that, ladies and gentlemen, we'll take a quick five-minute break here on the Daily Boogie program. Thank you for joining us on this uh, August 10 edition the anniversary of the Sky King. Coffee talk with Sandra with the diamond. Tax the boogie on the train. Motherfuckers. Uh, here on the anniversary of the Sky King, we'll be back after this short commercial break here on the Monday night edition. If you missed the tribute to the Sky King, go back and watch the replay at the start of the show. I'll tweet out the little clip um, after the show. I'll clip just the tribute where we have a drink uh, on this August 10th edition, joining in the festival of the Sky King. So... Uh, stick around for a five minutes. We'll be back after these short commercial breaks here on the Daily Boogie Podcast. See you in five. Do you like your novelty comedy songs organic, handmade with painstaking care, put into every note? Well, look no further than Irrational Times. Using only the finest instruments to create an experience that your ears will thank you for later, Irrational Times attempts to elevate the whimsy to a desirable level. New songs and sketches every week. So check it out. Idiot boogie bumper. Idiot boogie bumper. Idiot boogie bumper. Idiot boogie. Idiot boogie bumper. Idiot boogie. Really giving that one a workout? Come on. Dlive.tv slash JJ Stone, and we love JJ here on the show. Thank you.
It's the J.J. Stoner Spring Collection, the perfect attire for any and every occasion you can think of this season. Like we were in the mosh pit full of sweat and everyone slapping, hitting, and pulling on you. This shit won't rip. Lunch at your favorite cafe? Brunch with the girls? These stylish ensembles will give you the confidence you need to look and feel your best. Or if you're getting arrested for possession, it comes with a built-in police stick-proof body armor. Keep swinging, pigs! Call now and your order will come with a complimentary ounce of that dankest bubblegum slur cane that the South has to offer. Don't forget the wall tapestry! If you need to cover your wall, it works! Inverted, narcissistic, and most importantly, completely pointless. Come waste an hour of your week with The Starting Block, Friday nights Australian time at dlive.tv forward slash The Starting Block. Get in touch with us on Twitter at The Starting Block, no K at the end. Also, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes by searching for The Starting Block, or one word, or on Podbean at startingblock.podbean.com. Join the Blockheads, tuning in in their millions right around the world. Hello, my name is Frozen Asian, and I like to tell you about my show, The Sunday Night Shit Show, every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, along with good conversations and laughing at funny and weird shit we find on the internet. We also have The Hat Cam, where I showcase my myriad of great-looking hats. Here is a testimonial from a great friend of mine who has enjoyed my hats lately. Hi. I hope your next hat is a bullet. Jesus Christ, what are you, fucking Asian dick crazy? You don't have to ruin my evening. Like, I, I'm just gonna just listen, you know, listen to my buds do their show, and you, you gotta, you just gotta do this. Without the hat. So you're not enjoying it? No. <laughs> Dude, Asian uh, come Dick on, Tracy. I really enjoy it. You look no. like you're going undercover in, in Argentina, but it's now working. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. I oh, come on, you secretly love it. No, no, I openly hate it. <laughs> <laughs> And there you have it. Uh, so subscribe to the Sunday Night Shit Show at youtube.com slash Sunday Night Shit Show. And uh, hope to see you there on Sunday nights. Bye. For you. Join Major Tom Saturdays at 10 p.m. for the Big Empty. That's Major underscore Tom on DLive. Make sure to use zeros for O's because your life really is that hard. Patriots, this is your favorite Southerner, Doc Martin. Just wanted to remind you to put on your calendars to join me and your favorite near-to-well Yankee, Bill D'Angelo, on Saturday nights, beginning with Promises Kept at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by the Speakeasy with all of your favorite Patriots. You never know what we might cuss and discuss. That's right, Doc Martin. This is everybody's favorite Yankee, Phil D'Angelo speaking. And on Saturday night, we could have Kimmy, Y-Sensor, defectionally known as Electrolux. 
the original grandma, UK Neil, Rusty and his famous sound test show, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Earth Citizen, Stefan, the infamous grandma Sears, Mac Daddy may even make a show up, or virtually anyone else in the world for some irrelevant fun. Yankee, you mean some irreverent fun. So be sure to join us on Twitch, Periscope, DLive, or YouTube. That's right, Doc. Follow us at Winning TV on all of those channels. So be sure and put it on your calendar. We'll be looking for you. We'll leave the porch light on. I still think it's irrelevant fun. But why are you fumbling for coins when you'll have a heavy bag? <laughs> There's a place that we can go. Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right around this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. And shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Coming back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for joining us on this Monday night Sky King edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Um, and just, I was just reminded when I was singing along to the Joy of Pessy program, of course, I almost forgot. So starting tonight, I'll put a tweet out after the show. I should have put one out before. Actually, you know what? I'll type one up right now. No, actually, I'll do it after the show. Fuck it. Uh, the flag contest. So here, we, this is what we're going to do. I will send a tweet out after the show. The Boogie Bumper, the Boogie Stand Flag Design Competition. Now, here's how it's going to work. There are two rules to the flag competition. We'll leave the contest open for like two weeks, okay? Um, so you've got plenty of time to think about a design and pitch an idea, blah, blah, blah. But there's two rules to the boogie stand flag contest. Number one, it has to look like a, like a legitimate flag. 
And that's harder than it sounds. It's actually quite difficult to come up with like a good looking flag, a national flag. So it needs to look like a real national flag, whatever that means. If it's too cartoony or whatever, I won't I won't put it in. So here's the thing. It has to look like a national, like it has to look like a legit flag. And two, it has to be mostly black. It doesn't have, it can't be all black, obviously. Because <laughs> that kind of defeats the purpose. Oh, black square, that was easy. But it has to be most, black has to be the dominant colour on the flag. Because we're raising the black flag of Boogistan, right? Desert Cat, I thought it would be a month. A month, I think, is probably a little too long. So let's do two weeks. Starting from today. I, I tell you what, we'll give you two and a bit weeks. So I'll, I'll, we're announcing it on Monday. We'll announce the winner on Friday after two weeks, okay? So you'll have mostly three weeks. You'll have almost three weeks to come up with a flag. So the way it's going to work is the winner will be chosen democratically, but I will be choosing like the four top ones because <laughs> I'm not going to have you vote on the most ridiculous fucking flag that doesn't even look like a flag. I will decide which four I like best. I am the fucking king of Boogie Stand. This is a monarchy. It's not a uh, democracy. I'm giving my citizens some kind of democratic control over the ultimate decision of the flag. But as the monarch, his royal highness, king of Boogie Stand, I will be controlling the possible winners by of that competition very strictly. <laughs> so we'll take like the four best flags and they will go into the final running of the competition. And then we'll put out, like, I, I think just a simple Twitter poll. And if it's fucking manipulated, so what? Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? So we'll do, like, a simple Twitter poll. And whoever designs the ultimate winner of the Boogie Stand national flag, they will get a free flag. I'll pay for a flag for them when it's in the store. Teespring.com slash stores slash Boogie Bumper. The Boogie Autonomous Zone, Boogie Stand, as it's otherwise known. The Kingdom of Boogie Stand. So the person who designs the best flag, they will win a free flag of the, their design. They'll get it shipped out to them. I'll pay for it. So there you have it. So after the show tonight, as soon as I'm done here, I will put a tweet out and announce the competition. And we'll just get you to put your entries. I'll, like I'll pin that tweet to my timeline. And we'll just get you to put your entries underneath that tweet, like in the tweet thread. And then we'll go through and have a look and we'll decide the four best ones. So then on the Monday after two weeks, I'll show you the four best. We'll do a little display here on the show. And then I'll put out a new tweet with a poll with the picture corresponding to whichever flag it is. And then on Friday, we'll announce the winner. How about that? There you go. The Boogie Stan flag design competition, ladies and gentlemen. So an appropriate time to do it on this anniversary of the Sky King, I think, because he was a king and I'm a king. <laughs> <laughs> King of Boogie Stand. <laughs> the micro nation. All right, let's get to it. Let's get back into the show here. Thank you for joining us on this edition of the Daily Boogie, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I wanted to go to this because this blew my fucking mind earlier today. I think it was Steph who shared this, this with me. This is a little segment from Brian Stelter's show. Yes, it is another edition of... Doing a little bit of weekly stelter here on the Daily Boogie, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody shared this clip with me, a little snippet from Brian Stelter's show earlier, and this blew my fucking mind. Have a listen to this. 
This is fantastic. I love this stuff. Sort of sharpened their teeth on Bill Clinton. This has been the way they've built audiences for three decades now. Yeah, I don't want to claim it's new. I just am arguing that it's getting worse. It's getting more severe. Uh, Aaron, your view of this, you know, when you see um, entire media companies essentially exist to tear down Joe Biden. This is special. This is special. Because the objective viewer, right, the average person can look at corporate mainstream media reporting and just see page after page after page after page, clip after clip after clip after clip. Trump is a white supremacist. Trump is a Nazi. Trump hates this. Trump hates that. Trump took the bus down of Martin Luther King out of the White House when he didn't write. Constant reams. He's a fascist. He won't give up the office. He's he's starting a civil war, right? It's constant, especially on CNN. But it's so much more powerful. (laughs) It's so much more powerful than denying those accusations to actually come out and say, well, you know, all of these media companies exist to tear down Joe Biden. I mean, look at all the tearing down of Joe Biden after he made those comments about how the black community is just like one homogenous group and Latinos have more diversity. Did you see all the tearing down? No, of course you didn't. What did you see instead? You saw Joe Biden clarifies his comments. Oh, it was a misstep. It happens all the time. There's no need to attack the guy over something like this. Let's not let's not go crazy here. Constantly covering for the guy. Remember when the when all of the touching of children and the hair sniffing and all of that stuff was still an issue? The reason why it's not a talking point now is because wall-to-wall corporate media was talking. They this is what they said. They said, <clears throat> look, we understand that it's a little strange. But let's be real here, Joe Biden is an old-fashioned guy. <laughs> that's that. That's what they explained it away with. He's an old-fashioned guy. Old-fashioned people do this kind of thing. Little did I know that it was an old-fashioned trait to go up to strange children and sniff their hair. I didn't know that. Apparently, that's what they did in the old days. Go up and... to strange women in the street. Apparently the 1950s was filled with men just going around sniffing the back of women's heads. I didn't know. (laughs) It was just what happened in the old days. So, So instead of denying, you know, the accusation at the corporate media and like Trump's, Trump's got his, uh, down points, right? He's not the, he's not, he's not a king like the Sky King. He's not a king like Boogie Stan. He does have some down points. There are some things that he can do better. But instead of admitting that they go way over the top to the point of being comical with their efforts to just try and relentlessly attack the guy on bullshit talking points, instead of just denying that, no, 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 they accuse you (laughs) of just existing to tear down Joe Biden. Poor innocent Joe. Wow. Sort of sharpened their teeth on Bill Clinton. This has been the way they've built audiences for three decades now. Yeah, I don't want to claim it's new. I just am arguing that it's getting worse. It's getting more severe. Uh, Aaron, your view of this, you know, when you see um, entire media companies essentially exist to tear down Joe Biden, is there an equivalent to that on the left tearing down Trump? Uh, There there really isn't. (laughs) 
Ben K. Veritas with a diamond. Back in my day, women carried a derringer for that. Very good call. Have a, have a listen to this one more time. Is there an equivalent on the left? So whole media companies, and it's getting worse, mind you. Whole media companies exist just to tear down Joe Biden. Is there an equivalent on the left? The irony of it, it's on, this This program is on CNN. <laughs> does such a company exist on the left? Uh, no, it doesn't. I don't think it does. <laughs> Look at the Chiron. The awful power of negative partisanship. Because <laughs> really, it's, here at CNN, we're just straight down the middle. The um, entire media companies essentially exist to tear down Joe Biden. Is there an equivalent to that on the left, tearing down Trump? Uh, there, there really isn't. <laughs> there really isn't. I mean, we've been looking. There really isn't. There really is nobody on the left who just exists to tear down Donald Trump. It doesn't happen. It's not real. <laughs> it's a myth. It's one of the, <laughs> it's one of the, it's one of those white supremacist talking points <laughs> to say that media companies exist on the left to tear down Donald Trump. It doesn't happen. Come on, don't be silly. Oh, you guys, you crazy guys with your crazy theories. And you know what I would say? It, it, it's a it's really a diet of of this type of information that a lot of these voters are getting. A lot of the voters that I talk to, I can uh, you know when I interview them, I do hear. Reliable sources. Chiron. Vile anti-Biden rhetoric on right-wing talk radio. <laughs> uh, them saying a lot of the talking points that sound... Always the victim. Always the victim. I'm very familiar from, from some of these shows, which I try to listen to when I'm out on the campaign trail or when I'm yeah. at home, uh, you know, watching TV. You know, you can you can hear these uh, these comments being echoed uh, by, by voters. And you know that this is the diet that they're on, uh, cons- you know, AM radio, uh, you know, conservative talk. They hate talk radio. They always have. This is why Barack Obama tried to get away with something called the Fairness Doctrine. Because talk radio in the States is the bastion of the right wing. Left wing uh, talk radio shows really don't work. they And there aren't many very successful ones. And if they would be successful, they'd be successful in like very small, like localized situations. Very few like national left wing talk radio shows. Because you can one can only assume left wingers don't really talk, uh, listen to talk radio, right? So they've always hated it. That's why Barack Obama brought in the Fairness Doctrine and said every radio station needs to have 50% conservative and 50% liberal. <laughs> the Fairness Doctrine. See, I would I would have thought being fair was if you wanted to run a radio station, you can have whatever show you want on it. And if you want to have a uh, liberal show and have that take it, you can have every show on your station be a liberal show if you want. Just go and do it. Isn't that what they say to us now when we talk about YouTube and Twitter censorship and stuff? Hey, if you don't like the conditions here, go start your own. Go and start your own. (laughs) So that wasn't the case under Barack Obama. It was go and start your own and then we'll hijack hijack 50% of the programming for what we want after you've built it. Unbelievable. So they really do have a hard on for talk radio. 
also social media. I mean, the Trump campaign is social running media. a full-blown... Social media is a right-wing bastion, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> She's about to mention Donald Trump's social media campaign, which resulted in uh, his campaign account and his account on Facebook being banned over the weekend, or at least having posts deleted by those platforms. Yes, yes. It's a right-wing bastion. Yo. Uh, you know, conservative talk. Uh, also, social media. I mean, the Trump campaign is running a full-blown campaign on social media that is completely off the radar for for a lot of a lot of uh, you know regular media uh, is not covering this. But I mean, you have folks. Regular media. It's off the radar <clears throat> because regular media isn't covering it. See, you have two kinds of media. You have pro-Trump, anti-vile, anti-Biden, disgusting fringe media. And you have regular media. (laughs) Andrew Jackson in the chat. It's like a pimp saying that whore just makes money off of horny men. Disgusting. Regular media. Uh, also, social media. I mean, the Trump campaign is running a full-blown campaign on social media that is completely off the radar for for a lot of a lot of uh, you know regular media uh, is not covering this. But I mean, you have folks: Laura Trump, Kimberly Guilfoyle, Katrina Pearson. The campaign is is running you know kind of a parallel campaign online, and and if that's all they're getting, you know, to the exclusion of. Woodshit TV with a diamond just can't make this regular lemon up. Of kind of the more traditional legacy media, uh, you know, then it, it really is no surprise kind of of what their understanding is uh, of this country and, and of our politics. Wow. You need, to, you need to watch regular media, i.e. CNN. She even used the term traditional legacy media. You need to watch traditional legacy media in order to have an understanding about what the country is and how its politics work. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, let's not stop the fun there. Brian, <laughs> Brian's head. <laughs> Brian's head. Uh, talking about the GOP's growing hostility towards the media. I wonder where this is coming from, this hostility that he talks about. Let's have a look. Let's see what Brian's got to say for himself. But first, an election mess. in the making, Mm -hmm. with three months before ballots will be counted. Picture all of us Americans in a car together. Mm -hmm. President Trump is the driver. A car made in Mexico. And he is trying to drive us off the road. He is trying to crash the car. Just let it settle in. let, Let the magic of this take over you. Let the hate flow through you. Let's see what the might leave. <laughs> now, to be fair, trying to crash the car, trying to derail things, there are whole communities of people, just putting this out there, that any lay outside observer can note are currently engaged in, how can I say this? City-wide wanton destruction, rioting, and looting. 
I mean, that's happening, right? I'm not imagining it, am I? Maybe I am. I don't know. <laughs> so there are currently communities of people in very local areas like, say, Chicago, LA, Portland, for example, widespread, in some cases, even declaring their own autonomy from the government itself. It's a myth. Thank you. I thought it was a myth. <laughs> I thought I was making it all up. Thank you. No, it just turns out I'm a crazy wacker. <laughs> <coughs> Joanne G, pardon me. Joanne G with a diamond. I can't imagine anything looking like that mug. Come on, Brian's hot. Certainly gets my boat floating. Uh, Kitty B, this is fake news. They are peaceful protests. Thank you. I thought I was mistaken. I'm glad. I'm glad to know that you know somebody here is at least on the level. Um, hey, pilot guy, can this thing do a uh, a backflip? You think? I'm gonna land it, um, like uh, in a safe, safe kind of manner. I think I'm, uh, I think I'm gonna try to do a barrel roll, and if that goes good, I'll just go nose down and call it a night. Let's carry on with Brian. <laughs> in this analogy, the car is our democracy. It okay. is old. It's got a lot of miles on it, but it's still running strong. It's been well maintained. It stays. Thank you for coming. coming. See you in hell. Along, it stays on the road through voting, through elections. Right. But the driver, ever since 2016, mm -hmm. I don't know. Either he wants to go off roading, or he wants the car all to himself, <laughs> or he doesn't know where he's going. <laughs> Something's going on with the driver. <laughs> if only we, if only he was an illegal immigrant, Brian then we wouldn't have to question what's going on with the driver. In fact, we'd have to hand him a driver's license in the good state of New York, for example. Even though he has no legal right to be in the country in the first place, he would get verification from the DMV. Maybe that's the answer. Elect an illegal immigrant. And my strings are pulling like the tide. <laughs> then nobody would question him. How about the roadblocks that they're putting up at various states now? Check your papers, sir. Make sure you're not travelling too far during the coronavirus lockdown. If only. If only he were a Mexican. All of this tragedy could be averted. He's trying to crash the car. He's but trying all of to crash the car. Or along for the ride. Okay. The president's rhetoric about the coming election is the equivalent of trying to crash your car. Okay. The president's rhetoric during an election is the equivalent of trying to crash a car, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go back to Brian Stelter for a comment about rhetoric on radio. And worse, it's getting more severe. Uh, Aaron, your view of this, you know, when you see um, entire media companies essentially exist to tear down Joe Biden, is there an equivalent to that on the left tearing down Trump? They just make it too easy, don't they? <laughs> they just make this far too easy. They take all the sport out of it. Once upon a time, like, I used to read whole articles from the New York Times and Washington Post and, like, even give you the methodology of how to write a piece and, you know, the rhetorical tricks that the author would use, how they would substitute some words for other words in order to minimise things or overblow things, right? in order to draw attention away from one topic and onto another topic very subtly, 
you don't even have to do that anymore. <laughs> you just play their own clips back to them. Through his tweets, through his statements, he is eroding confidence in the democratic process, uh -huh. making a crash more likely. And he's doing it for no good reason. It's just his own ego. And his media pals are helping. He's doing it for no good reason. It's just his own ego. Helping him do it. So everybody else, besides Trump and the pro-Trump media, everybody else, all the responsible newsrooms. Responsible newsrooms, legitimate newsrooms, legacy media. Elected officials, civic leaders. Yeah. Everyone else has a huge responsibility in the next three months. Right. What's that? You know, this fall's election, culminating with a big broadcast on November 3rd, is probably not going to look like these past elections. <laughs> well, 2020 <laughs> is now an unprecedented situation. We're not going to be seeing balloon drops in, in massive convention halls and arenas. You know, we're, we're not going to be seeing camp yep. campaign stops with huge rallies cheese, in all these different man. states. Hear that? Hear that? Thank you for the gift itself. Uh, look, I try not to be a conspiratorial guy, but let me put this out there for you, just to chew on. Have very Pay very close attention to what's being said here, right? Listen, read the subtext of this little segment. One more time from Brian, and then we'll have a chat. Have a listen to this. You know, this fall's election, culminating with a big broadcast on November 3rd, is probably not going to look like these past elections. Well, 2020 is now an unprecedented situation. We're not going to be seeing balloon drops in, in massive convention halls and arenas. You know, we're, we're not going to be seeing campaign stops with huge rallies in all these different states. Uh, and that's largely due to the pandemic. Do you see what's happening here? <clears throat> so again, you don't have to think that, like, coronavirus is fake in order to understand, like, that people will take strong advantage of a situation for their own benefit when they can. Like, that's just politics. That's human nature. People will take advantage of things. <clears throat> so, imagine this, right? 2016, just on the surface, 2016, big embarrassment for the, for, you know, the Brian Stelters of the world. Big embarrassment for many people in the establishment. Big embarrassment for journalists. They, they got their ass handed to them. They never thought he'd win, right? Now, 2020, let's just say that Donald Trump wins the election again. History won't record the scenes, right? Think about it. He's openly telling you this. There will be no balloon drop. There will be no speech in front of a packed hall of, um, you know, cheering people. There will be no big rallies. If Donald Trump wins the election... <clears throat> It will just be like every other day for the corporate press. He'll do some kind of statement or some kind of announcement with very few people there. This is what they're hoping for. So in 20 or 30 years from now, they'll be able to say like this was the forgotten election. You know what I mean? This was the election that never happened. Now they're already setting up a precursor that it's legitimate, uh, illegitimate. Let me show you this. 2020 is already illegitimate now. Now, mind you, if you come out and say something like 
closing down voting booths and having mass vo- uh, ballot voting, right? Mass mass mail-in ballots is a threat to uh, the electoral system. You'll be accused of being a conspiracy theorist. You'll be accused of being a maggotard and whatnot, right? So I did catch this earlier from truck, uh, truck, Chuck Schumer. Let's call him Truck Schumer, ladies and gentlemen, if I can find it. Here we go. Have a listen to this, ladies and gentlemen, from earlier today. Chuck Schumer already delegitimizing the 2020 election before it's even been held. Have a look at this. Ask about election interference as well. The intelligence community put out a new warning Friday about foreign election interference. They're saying that China wants Biden to win, that Russia is actively interfering now to help Trump, that Iran is also looking for opportunities. I know you've received classified briefings. Does that public statement accurately reflect what's happening right now? And what, if anything, can be done to counter the interference? Okay, first, I can't talk about what happened in the briefings, but I can tell you there are public reports and uh, intelligence uh, officials have said that Russia is attempting to interfere in our elections. Evanina said it just yesterday. See how he skips over entirely the point that, uh, to his credit, Stephanopoulos made. The main point was China wants Biden to win. See how he moves past that like it never happened. Have a listen again ask about election interference as well. The intelligence community put out a new warning Friday about foreign election interference. They're saying that China wants Biden to win. That Russia- Let's pretend like we didn't hear that, Chuck. Russia is actively interfering now to help Trump, that Iran is also looking for opportunities. I know you've received classified briefings. Does that public statement accurately reflect what's happening right now? And what, if anything, can be done to counter the interference? Okay, first, I... <laughs> great, great imagery from Kitty B. Chuck looks like a horror movie ventriloquist doll. <laughs> I can't talk about what happened in the briefings, but I can tell you there are public reports and uh, intelligence commission, uh, officials have said that Russia is attempting to interfere in our elections. Evanina said it just yesterday. Mm-hmm. He's the deputy of the DNI. And so, yes, it is absolutely true that Russia is trying to interfere from... <laughs> no mention of China. No mention of China public information and public statements and we are trying we democrats are trying to stop it in the defense bill we want to put tough sanctions on russia both before they do something and even more so uh chris van holland has a bill uh bipartisan i believe it's with marco rubio to stop it put sanctions on russia so he gets told china wants joe biden to win chuck schumer's response let's put sanctions on russia before they do something Iceman, double four, double three. Russia, Russia, Russia. Let's put sanctions on Russia before they do something. (laughs) I'm not sure that's how it's supposed to work. So we can prove the guilt before anything's happened? Okay, that sounds sounds like a hell of a scheme you've got cooking up over there, Chuck. What about China? Who gives a fuck about China? (laughs) Nothing's going on with China. Let's pretend like it never happened. So you can see, right, they're already... They're already creating precursors to the 2020 election being illegitimate. So, Brian, again, let's play that short 10 seconds of Brian one more time. Just so I can remember what I was going to (laughs) say. You know, this fall's election, culminating with a big broadcast on November 3rd, is probably not going to look like these past elections. Well, 2020 is now an unprecedented situation. We're not going to be seeing balloon drops in in massive convention halls and arenas. 
You know, we're, we're not going to be seeing campaign stops with huge rallies in all these different states. Uh, and that's largely due to the pandemic. It's due to the pandemic. <clears throat> no, it's not. It'll be due to the local authorities who try to declare such things illegal, right? It'll be due to the local authority saying, mm, <clears throat> you know what, sorry, uh, we'd love you to come in and vote, but unfortunately, due to coronavirus, we can't allow that to take place. We'd love to have a campaign rally here for the local local person, but we can't allow that to take place during coronavirus. It's it's due to the, the, the virus itself is not making these things impossible. Government is. Government is choosing to put these restrictions in place. So add up all of these things, right? And what do you get? Local jurisdictions are now passing laws to make mail-in ballots a thing. They want everybody to do mail-in ballots. It's insane to say that mail-in ballots have never been used in the past for fraudulent means because we know just by going back to 2016, the cases of voter fraud that were identified on the corporations, like on CNN, in the Washington Post and whatnot, were mail-in ballot frauds, right? People collecting a whole bunch of mail-in ballots for like, say, people at like a nursing home or whatever, collecting extra ballots. There was a couple of people down in Texas who did it for the Democrats. There was a Republican who did it in the Carolinas somewhere. So that is the most uh, easy and well-founded and most used form of voter fraud is by using the mail-in ballot system. We know this. So what have you heard from the corporate press for the last month? And you know, here on this show, we support John McAfee for president. <laughs> what have you heard for the last month? You've heard, we need mail-in ballots because of coronavirus. And to suggest that mail-in ballots can be used in any kind of voter fraud is strictly conspiracy theory. How dare you? There's no evidence to suggest it. Over and over and over and over again. You've also got the corporate media saying, this election is going to be so different. There's not going to be any kind of celebration. There's not going to be big rallies. There's not going to be big speeches in front of big crowds. See, Lucifer Sam in the chat, dude, this is a bunch of shit. I've been voting by mail for decades. So what? That doesn't change my fucking point. You voting by mail for decades does not change the fact that the most prominent uh, voter fraud cases in 2016 were mail-in voter ballots. It's on fucking record. Oh, it's not true, though, because I personally mail my one vote in. <laughs> Come on, man. Try harder. That's ridiculous. I just said, like a fucking, it was two women in Texas and a Republican in the Carolinas were the biggest ones in 2016 that did it. It might have even been in the midterms. It's on the books. That most electoral fraud, I'm not saying everything's a fraud. I'm saying in cases of electoral fraud, the most commonly used way of doing it is with mail-in ballots. And you saying, I've, I, I vote by mail, you know, once every four years, therefore what you're saying is wrong. It's like a complete non sequitur. But whatever. So you got that into the mix. You also add in the fact that the corporate press is saying there won't be any big rallies, there won't be any big speeches, there's not going to be balloon drops, there's not going to be celebrations. 
So history will remember. And I'm saying if Trump wins this election, history will not record it in the same way. It will be the forgotten election. There's not going to be like hours and hours and hours of footage of acceptance speeches and stuff like that. Worse, if Biden wins the election, and again, I try not to stray into like conspiratorial means, right? If Biden wins, everybody will be saying, oh, it's only because of uh, voter fraud. And now, even before the election, right, look at the situation that's taken place here. We know as a fact that when voter fraud occurs, more often than not, it's by exploiting the mail-in ballot system. That's It's plainly obvious. It's plainly as obvious as the nose on your face. Electoral commissions won't even deny it. <laughs> it's basic reality. It's the easiest way to commit voter fraud. So if Biden wins, people are going to accuse the Democrats of committing voter fraud, right? But here's the thing. Before the election has even taken place, you're already being told that that's complete and utter nonsense. And then on the night, you won't even see a celebration speech. You won't even see a rally. You won't even see an acceptance speech. You won't see a balloon drop. You'll just wake up the next morning. Joe Biden will be the president. There will be no footage of it. And any any complaints that you have about the sanctity of the election, thanks to, in large areas, voting booths being shut down by local authorities due to coronavirus, therefore mass mail-in voter, um, voter registrations and whatnot across the board, any concerns that you have, any like legitimate logical points of, hey, maybe we should check, can I see something, you know, I want to check details of that, you're already being told, don't waste your fucking time. That's wrong. You're crazy. And it hasn't even happened yet. See, that's not logical. That's not reasonable. That's not a rational approach to this. To be told that your concerns with the most, with the documented, easiest way to commit voter fraud are not legitimate before a vote has even taken place, I think makes most people go. This doesn't smell right. I don't like what's going on here. Something about this is off. And you can read it in the subtext of the corporate press themselves. Let's go to the other end of the spectrum. You're on the Daily Boogie, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe you want to save the world. And there are some brave people out there saving the world. On a mission, some might say. I thought this was very funny. I don't know if you'll laugh at this or not, but I thought this was fucking hilarious. Finally, we meet the end of the road. I've been looking forward to this shit all my fucking life. So, uh, Target, I'm not playing any more fucking games. Uh-oh. This shit's fucking over. Uh-oh. This shit's all fucking over. Now, <laughs> you might be against face masks, but I cannot endorse this because some poor fucking 17-year-old kid has to work in that store for minimum wage. You think you're on a big crusade against face masks <laughs> while you're live streaming yourself going around being a fucking nuisance. But really, all you're doing is creating more work for somebody. You're not helping. You're actually making it worse. 
this is a... I, I'm sorry, if you're like really anti-face mask, that's fine. That's up to you. But I'm sorry to say, this person here, this is a crazy person. Have a listen to this. This shit's fucking over. This shit's over, 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 yay, this shit's over, woo, yeah, this shit, you know what, shit off my car, I'll that shit. This is not a hero. <laughs> this, this person is a piece of fucking shit. Like, I can just imagine some kid in their Target uniform standing there watching this happen, just like, Look at what we're doing now. We have so many people like totally convinced of their own self-righteousness, but they're pissing on everybody else while they do it. You know, if you're going, if you're on a self-righteous crusade, again, on the anniversary of the Sky King, ladies and gentlemen, take an example out of, take a leaf out of the Sky King's book. If you want to make a statement without harming anybody else. I'm just going to do a barrel roll, man. I'm just going to do a barrel roll, and if that goes good, I'm going to nose down and call it a night. <laughs> now, this bitch here with the masks, don't worry, there's more on her. Why would you might ask yourself, why would somebody do something like this? Why would somebody take their rage out on some poor, innocent fucking target worker? See, the great thing about the Sky King is he didn't take his rage out on anybody else. He was actively trying to avoid ruining somebody else's day. He just wanted to do a barrel roll and nose down and call it a night. So let's find out more about our feisty uh, freedom fighter here. Because police were called, they found her, they went to her home. She also live-streamed her own arrest, which is very good, very thoughtful for those of us here on the internet community. Let's have a listen to her reasoning behind tearing down the mask display. They drained the swamp. They did everything that Donald Trump was elected to do. You can read about it on Twitter. You can read about it in the news. No, bitch, this has nothing to do with Donald Trump. You tearing down that display at a target literally has nothing to do with Donald Trump. This is about you. Like, what did she think was going to happen? I, I tore down a display at a department store. I fucked some other, I fucked some poor target worker's day. And then when the police come to ask me about it, because I'm acting like a lunatic in public, when they come to ask me about it, if I name drop Donald Trump, what? Oh, oh sorry, ma'am. Sorry, we'll let you go. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know you were doing it because you love Donald Trump. Wow, that's great news. Sorry to have disturbed you. All of the all of the deep state politicians, all of that stuff has happened. It's done. Okay. So I was hired to be the, the QAnon so spokesperson. Coming here today. I was hired to be the QAnon spokesperson. Uh-oh. Oh dear. I didn't know they were hiring. <laughs> I didn't know. Was something put on Craigslist? Wanted. Extremely emotional, volatile lunatic. Aversion to masks. Preferred, but not necessary. Wanted to be QAnon spokesperson. 
<laughs> he does. Give me with a diamond. Arresting officer looks like BE to me. He does look like BE. There you go. Follow Q's like, I don't think so. Maybe, maybe, follow Q. Maybe you're not getting the real Q stuff. Maybe Q's been hiring for spokespeople <laughs> to go into their local Target store and tear down displays of masks. <laughs> I'm doing this. I'm doing this to fight the deep state. Okay. Like I said, a whole bunch of people are on a whole bunch of self-righteous endeavors right now. Seldom are any of them legitimate. Again, if you want a, if you want a legitimate way to protest. A backflip, you think? I'm going to land it. Um, like uh, in a safe, safe kind of manner. I think I'm, uh, I'm going to try to do a barrel roll. And if that goes good, I'm just going to nose down and call it a night. Let's carry on here. All that stuff has happened. It's done. So I was hired to be the cute. Winning TV with a diamond. Good point. Why isn't she waiting for the plan and trusting it? Yes, she's taking the plan into her own hands. I cannot. Is this husband? Is this the hubby walking into the garage here? It looks like hubby. Yes, he looks like an emasculated man who's been yelled at for two or three decades. <laughs> Okay. So I was hired to be the, the QAnon so spokesperson. He's, he's scared to walk in his own garage. This could go off at any moment. I cannot. It's a secret. What do you mean? Like, I, I can't give you any classified information. You're not, so, uh, you're well, not, you're you're not, you don't have clearance. You don't have clearance. You don't. You're a spokesperson, correct? For the White House. Yeah. Spokesperson for the White House. I'm sure Donald Trump would be very pleased to learn of this. <laughs> You're a spokesperson, right? Yes, for the White House. Okay. You can't arrest me because I'm a spokesperson for the White House. I was in Target on official White House duty. <laughs> okay. Look at the look on the cop's face, even through the mask. Even through the mask, you can see his disappointment in his fellow human being. Lose <laughs> for Sam. It's a shame this guy doesn't have clearance. Yeah, otherwise she'd be able to tell him. <laughs> I'm going to try this next time. I get arrested. Woodchip TV, White House. Oh, my God. Can't make this up. No, exactly. She wouldn't make it up. Only somebody on official White House business would tell the police that I was on official White House business and I can't be arrested because you don't have the clearance. Get somebody from the Secret Service down here to speak to me. They'll prove it. <laughs> get Donald Trump down here to my garage. He'll tell you that he knows me. <laughs> I love it. God bless her. <laughs> good try. Fucking good try. You need classified information. You're not. Well, you're, well, not you're not. You're not. You have no clearance. You have no clearance. Clearance. Okay. You don't. You're, you're a spokesperson. Yeah. She's so confident too. I, I'm sorry. You have no clearance. Correct. For the for the for the White House. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, call Donald Trump and ask him if you, if you don't believe. Call Donald Trump and ask him. <laughs> worth it. Why not? It's worth a shot. <laughs> Let's see. I would at, at that point, if I was the police officer, I would take out like an invisible phone. <laughs> okay, I'm calling Donald Trump right now. Zero zero five five Trump phone. Okay, it's ringing. Yeah, yeah. He'll trust me. Trust me. 
Okay, it's ring. Do you want to talk to him? <laughs> Call Donald Trump. He'll tell you. Okay. Hello, Mr. Trump. This is Officer Jones. Um, did you give this woman clearance? Hey, see. He's saying he doesn't know you. No, no, Mr. Trump. No, her name's Karen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Okay, he does know you. Okay. You want her to come along with the nice officers and go where she's going? Okay. Okay. Okay, did you hear that? Do you want to speak to him? He said that he wants you to come with us peacefully and quietly. He said this is your next mission. <laughs> he said he's got a very special mission for you. He wants you to ride along in the back of the police car and tell the nice officers about the clearance that you have to be a spokesman for the White House, okay? Just do what they say. He's saying, do what, he's saying to do what we tell you to do, okay? He said, he said it's a very special mission. We're going to work together on this. We have, he's saying that we can be deputized into the movement too. Myself and Officer Smith here have now been, we've now been given clearance by the White House, okay? So this is our new mission together. We're going to do this together. <laughs> okay, Karen, come on now. Let's go. Do you have his phone number? Do I have his phone number? I'm on the phone with him all the time. I'm fucking wired. Okay. I think we have enough. Do I have his phone number? What a stupid question. I'm on the phone to him all the time. I'm wired. She's certainly wired. I'll give it She's wired. Wired for sound. Donald Trump's listening in. <laughs> He's listening to this. I hope he hears this. Enough here. Okay. Can you put down your phone? Right? No, I'm not going to put down my phone. Like I said, I'm wired. Okay. All of this is being broadcast live. It is? Yeah. Okay, where is it being broadcast? Everywhere, all over the world. All over the world? All, all over the world. There was 80 people watching. All over the world on Instagram, yeah. Instagram? Millions of viewers. If only it was on TikTok. So, say cheese. You're on candid camera. Okay, thank you. CBI or 1039? CBI. Okay. Melissa, well, I'm going to have you spin around and just put your phone down. What? Okay. What? Oh, my God. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Ma'am, just spin around and put your phone down. What? Sorry. Right. You're doing it to me because I'm Jewish. Anti-Semitic cops for the win. You're doing it to me because I'm Jewish. Yep. That was obvious. <laughs> that point was plainly obvious. <laughs> there you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, on that anti-Semitic note... That brings us to the end of this edition of The Daily Boogie. Thank you so much for joining us, ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you're only doing it to me because I'm Jewish, then you can do it to me on Twitter by following at boogiebumper. Don't forget to follow our friends. Uh, you can see their banners on the screen right now. Also, winning TV... Kimmy Y Censored, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Rational Times on later tonight, everybody's favourite lover of French women, Mersh, on at 10pm. Um, JJ Stoner, ladies and gentlemen, Joy of Pessy, Sunday Night Shit Show. 
Way Dave with Royce Lopez. Lois Lopez, pardon me. I almost mispronounced his name. <laughs> and then I'll be back at 6pm on Wednesday night. So thank you so much for joining us. I'll open up the chest right now. Thank you to everyone who contributed on DLive. Until Wednesday, guys, stay calm, stay rational. Remember the Sky King. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.